Dr. Anthony Jordan is the Northern Region Health Coordination Centre's clinical director and one of only two Māori immunologists in Aotearoa. It's great to have him back on the program. If you've got a question that you would like answered, uh, this really is a great opportunity. Um, Dr. Jordan will be with us for around 25 minutes, so 0800 801080 or text 9292. Any concerns you have, uh, you loved him last time, and I'm sure you will again. Dr. Anthony Jordan, a very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you? We are great. Thank you. Hey, so can we start, you know, schools go back tomorrow. What can parents do, do you think, to ensure that their children are safe? And is it safe? Yeah, I think um, that's a really good question. It is safe. The schools have been looking at this now for a while to ensure that um, there is classrooms are spaced. What we can do on the other side, from a parent point of view, is to teach our kids around how to maintain distance, um, hand hygiene, mask wearing and close proximity, just all those things that we've uh, been teaching them to do uh, outside of the home as well. Mm. Um, it's a little bit difficult, you know, as, as you get younger children and to be able to manage, you know, keeping masks on and things like that. So just a bit of preparatory work is always helpful. Right. Dr. Jordan, uh, the boosters we now know are coming and, can we talk about how these are going to be working? How will these work? Sure. So obviously the announcement came out that boosters will be available from the 29th of November um, and they will be available to those over the age of 18 who have uh, had a greater or six months or greater distance from their primary course. So that's when just after you got your second dose. So the reason that we've adopted that is because some of the research from overseas now shows that the effect of the vaccine dips off after a while in terms of overall infection rates, but it still holds up really well against those uh, severe end of the spectrum issues like hospitalisation and death. So it's just making people understand that you don't have to run in six months six months and one day, it's, it's the, the immune system doesn't work like that. It still holds up for those severe outcomes, but we just want to give people the option to be able to have a booster uh, when it's convenient for them after six months. Yeah. Hey, Doctor, I saw, um, I think it was in Europe, maybe Ireland, where they've had another real, you know, it's a similar country to ours in terms of population base. Their vaccination rates are a wee bit lower than ours, but pretty similar. But they've had this another wave of COVID outbreaks. And there was a vaccinologist, I think, that I saw interviewed, and he said, look, he felt lockdowns were the answer in the first instance. Now, with vaccination rates getting up there, it's probably not quite so important. But he said one thing that I found quite telling, that he was surprised that the efficacy of the vaccine waned as quickly as it did. And so and I guess that's why booster shots are being looked at now. Why would this vaccine, is there any reason as to why this would seem the efficacy isn't as strong as distinct to some other vaccines that last a bit longer? Yeah, it's interesting because actually, if you think about it in the sense that the neutralising antibodies, the things that go up first after a vaccine, are also the things that we're likely to see fade off first. Right. And that, those are the things that help us to decrease overall infection rates. The background bit is the training for the immune system that stops us getting really, really sick. So I'm kind of not super surprised it's, um, it's happened, but I guess we were all hoping for a bit more duration of it beyond six months, but it's not unexpected that we see infection rates rise 
because that happens with all vaccines. It's just we wanted a bit more durability. Right. Doctor, let's take uh, a couple of phone calls. A lot of people want to talk to you, so we'll quickly go to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Now, hopefully technology is working here. We've got a new phone system in. Doctor, can you hear Rachel okay? I can. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Dr. Jordan. How are you? What's your question, Rachel, please? So I had my first vaccine, and I had apparently what they call a stress reaction. About five minutes after, um, heart rate went up, BP went up, stressing, nauseous, dizzy. Um, I wasn't particularly stressed about having the vaccine. I was quite keen to do it. I've had lots of other vaccines um, travel to Africa, but that was quite a, f- a number of years ago. And now I'm very nervous about the second one. Um, I was really fatigued for about five days after. That was the only thing I had. But yeah, just really, really anxious now about, about the second one then. It's a little bit overdue too. All right. Um, so first of all, sorry to hear you had that reaction. But the thing I would say is there's a different option for you now. Um, so if you didn't want to have the Pfizer vaccine, you could opt for the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is due to arrive on the 25th of November. So that could be another option for you if you wanted to change the vaccine type to see if you tolerate that one better. That, that's a good response, yeah, and and, yeah. and I'm sure Rachel might consider that. Dr. Jordan, that is something that a lot of people I heard, I've had my both my vaccinations, as has my wife, and James has too, but I'd heard a lot of people say the second shot was worse and they had, they had more sort of ill effects, for want of a better term. Is that true, or is that kind of just anecdotal stuff? You do, you do see a little bump in uh, local side effects. Some people notice they get more you know, fever. Um, so there is a bump in the side effect rate, but it's usually not something that's noticeable enough for people not to get their shot. Whereas in Rachel's situation, she had something that she probably didn't expect. And so for her, it's around, well, I don't want to have that the second time, given the fact it's not something I could routinely manage. Because sometimes people worry about, could it be worse the next time, for example? Mm. And that's obviously what we, you know, you can manage side effects like muscle aches and a sore arm. But unexpected side effects are the things that usually make people sort of feel just a bit more wary about second time around. Good. And just before we go to the break, uh, Doctor, text here says, are we going to need boosters for the rest of time? (laughs) (laughs) I I Blimmin' hope not, because I've been thinking about the same question as if I get a booster now, will I need one in six months before going into winter? Mm. Um, and there's a, I guess there's some evidence that um, from other types of vaccine that after a third shot you may get a longer response afterwards. But again, we need to watch and see what the booster program produces in terms of the durability of that response. Great stuff. Dr. Jordan joins us, taking your calls, one of uh, this country's leading immunologists. Again, Doctor, thank you for your time. Hey, there there is a great question here. I hope you can answer it um, because I think the person sounds, uh, they've really got some issues, but they sound very genuine. Robin says, please, Dr. Jordan, uh, can you tell me about the side effects of the vaccine on premenstrual girls? I had side effects from the vaccine related to my cycle, and I have serious reservations about my daughter getting it now. Um, I, re- I reported my side effects, but I've had no feedback. I've looked for information online, but I got dragged into the anti-vaccine rabbit hole. I don't want to go there. Can you help, says Robin? 
Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question because there has been uh, a lot of focus on looking at uh, things like fertility and menstruation and how uh, vaccines impact it. And so one of the things to say is if we look at the unvaccinated um, group versus the vaccinated group, there didn't appear to be any more menstrual irregularities in that group and also no effect on their fertility. Um, so it's often, it's one of those things when you're thinking ahead about, you know, what could the impact be is that you need to look at the evidence to see if there's a difference between those two groups and we haven't seen that. Um, but that doesn't stop people having issues in that area. Great, good answer. Dr Jordan, we've got another text here saying, I've had both faxes, however, when I had my first one, the nurse was shocked at the amount of blood that came from the vax site. Will that jab have worked? Yep. That's not a problem? No. Good. Uh, let's quickly whip back to the phones. Jonathan's on the line. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, how are you going? Good, um, thank you. Is, is, is there other, um, like, obviously we know that um, we're going to have to get a booster. What about those that don't want to get the booster? Is there other, by that time, will we have therapeutics? Because we, I went to my doctor the other day, and he said to me, um, he can't treat me for COVID. Um, he said that the public health um, will treat him and make the decisions on me. And I, I just find that astounding that he can't treat me when I've got conditions that he knows about. Um, uh, like I've got a, you know, I'm a smoker and I've got a bit of a lung that's um, that that that's scarred. And um, and we just haven't got the therapeutics in New Zealand where. Um, and he, he was very vague with me. He said he can't can't advise me as well on the vaccine as well. Um, I'm just wondering why doctors can't advise on vaccines and why they've been told not to advise on vaccines because he was very specific to me about that, the pros and the cons. Mm. Um, and then and when, what, when are we going to get these therapeutics that most countries have already got and are using to treat people with COVID and it's really, really critical within one to five days, he was saying. So that's a good question. So I'll start with the therapeutics. You may have seen announced um, must have been two or three weeks ago or even a bit longer, the arrival of an antiviral agent, mm. Molnupiravir. So that is the, that's the thing that you need to use really early on. So that but, we've got a, but we've got a friend who's in university and she's, she, she was told that, uh, to, to isolate and she'd get called twice. She's got COVID, just in massive university. She'd get called twice a day by doctors and someone would bring her food. Well, after 48 hours, to go and get McDonald's, and this is how it's spreading, and you can actually look that up. Hang on there, Jonathan. So we'll go back. <laughs> so, Doctor, can you go so back to the... Yeah. About therapeutics? Yeah, yes. yeah, please. Yeah. So, the, so we do have... We will have access to the modupiravir, which is an antiviral. Mm. There are other treatments due to arrive in uh, New Zealand, which is a, a monoclonal antiviral body treatment called Ronaprive, which is an injection. Mm -hmm. um, that will be the one that's a little bit trickier to be able to administer in the community. Um, so some GPs may be involved in that, but others may uh, get the hospital system to provide that for people who are isolating at home. And then there are the treatments that we use in hospital, like dexamethasone, for example, and other monoclonal antibodies like tocilizumab. So we do have some therapeutic uh, options here in New Zealand already and more to come in the near future. Great stuff. We'll take one more call on the phones here. Leanne's been waiting patiently. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Hi. 
Um, yes, I wanted to talk about um, epilepsy. Um, he, she's worried about um, having a, a getting a fever and then having a seizure after the vaccine. So your question is, I suppose, is the vaccine safe for those with epilepsy, Leanne? Yes. It, it, so that's a really good question, Leanne, because some people do notice that when they get run down or tired or unwell from any reason, that they tend to be more uh, at risk of having a seizure. So that yes. can be the case for some people with epilepsy, but we'd still encourage them to get vaccinated to prevent them getting COVID-19, it's usually just around putting safeguards in place to make sure that person has access to treatment to terminate a seizure and that someone's around to keep an eye on them as well. A lot of these people will, for example, already be on some uh, epilepsy treatment to prevent Medication, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but it's really just having eyes on them and making sure they're supported. Yes. Good stuff. I hope that helps, Leanne. Doctor, you are great. You really mm. are. You handle everybody so well, and it's always informative. Can we ask one quick question on text? And we've only got about 60 seconds, but says this. Dr. Sure. Jordan, um, I have had both shots in May, so will soon be eligible for the booster. I've had Pfizer to date. Is it a good idea to have a different vaccine for the booster? To date, um, I would suggest having another Pfizer. I don't think... Um, you should swap to another vaccine. Um, the, the most data is on getting Pfizer-Pfizer and then a Pfizer again. Great stuff. Doctor, we look forward to our chat again in a fortnight. Thank you very much for your time and expertise. All the best. Have a great day. Thanks you too. Got it. Dr Anthony Jordan.